are a part of our DNA as Christians. And God works his miracles in a variety of ways. There is no one way that God is limited to working with miracles. So if you are sitting here today and you have not experienced the fullness of what you're holding on for, the fullness of your healing or the fullness of change in a situation, uh, don't give up because God's in the process of working a miracle in your life. And you're going to hear this morning uh, a story of that process and you're going to be encouraged. And uh, that's my prayer for you. So why don't we welcome Grace Habershaw to come and share with us. I'm going to pray for you, Grace, and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with his wisdom and his words. Heavenly Father, thank you for a minister that you have fashioned and shaped through trials, tribulations, sickness, infirmity. And if that had been the full story, what a terrible story. But you have also shaped her through miracles, through healing, through your wondrous love. And we're going to be partners in that this morning. We're going to share in your wonder and your glory, Lord God. We pray now that your Holy Spirit would take over and speak through your servant. Fill her and anoint her. Manifest yourself in her and through her very powerfully, I pray. Establish something in her life and her ministry today, I pray. Release a high water mark of what you want to do with her life, I pray. Magnify your name through everything that happens from this point forward, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. First of all, I would like to say thank you for Pastor Paul for the privilege of allowing me to take the platform this morning. All for the glory of the name of Jesus Christ. So this morning, I stand with you in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior. He's my counselor. He's my redeemer. He is my forgiveness. He's the lover of my soul. He's my best friend, and he is my healer. Today, I am privileged to share the healing grace of Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I'm sure there are as many of you like me when you've read that scripture that becomes so familiar sometimes that we forget to take it to heart word by word. We sometimes question what God is doing. I want to encourage you that no matter what your circumstances look like right now, God does know what he's doing. And we get so mindset on the outcome that we would like to see. But I want to encourage you that the journey that you are taking today is purposed. And the journey is actually more important than the outcome that you would desire to see now. Because God is taking you step by step. 
So if you had met me just three years ago, this is how I would have looked to you. I believe the photograph may come up. Where I was just totally wheelchair dependent. And that circumstance all started because somebody else wasn't concentrating on what they were doing when they were driving and they drove into the back end of my friend's car. So in 2004, I was a healthy woman in my late 40s, working a full-time job that I loved. I was a mother to two adult and one teenage child. I owned a house, I drove a car, and I was head over heels in love with Jesus. And life was good. But in May 2004 was when that road accident happened, and I suffered whiplash. And what should have taken just a few months of recovery into complete healing became an incredible journey for me of learning how to trust in and depend on God in and through all things. And one thing that I very learned, one thing that I learned very quickly to understand was that we all have choices. We are affected by the consequence of our own choices but we're also affected by the consequence of other people's choices. In the first four years, I had intense neck and back pain that restricted the movement so much. And after a two-year battle, I would eventually lose my job. I could no longer drive. And I would lose... And I would lose... No? Okay. And I would lose so many friends because of my physical limitations and the doctors couldn't comprehend what was going on. And despite the heartache of my change in circumstance and the physical suffering in my body, I chose to spend that time to listen to many Christian teaching messages that had been piling up for a long time. I chose to read the Bible and I chose to pray and I chose to worship. I grew in my faith, and I went to a whole new level of intimacy in, in faith. And this choice was to become one of the most important choices of my life because I chose to include God in my journey. I didn't always like or understand God's ways. The Bible says in Daniel 4, verse 35, he does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth, no one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? And as I focused on God, I saw his hand on my life in his perfect provision and help in all things. And I learned to know the intimacy of his heart and his voice as he, as he directed my steps. So for the first four years, I had to wear a collar on my neck. I couldn't move my neck any more than there or there. And if I attempted to put my chin to my chest, I would faint. So they provided me with this collar to keep my neck in place. In 2008, so four years after this journey commenced, I had a major breakthrough when I received healing in my neck pain when somebody prayed for me over Skype. And they simply prayed, Lord, whatever went out of alignment in Grace's spine at the point of impact of that road crash, will you realign it for your glory 
I'd had many medical tests, and they'd never said anything was out of line in my spine. But in that moment, I was alone in the room, sitting with my laptop on the table. But as that lady prayed, I physically felt somebody come up behind me, put their hands on my neck. I heard a loud cracking sound. I felt something move behind my lower skull. My ears popped, and a warmth went down my neck. And from that moment on, my neck was totally healed. But I still had pain in my back. And that pain would continue to travel through my body over the years to come and take me into the rest of the journey. So in the medical test that I was having done in 2009, I had a test where I watched a surgeon cut into my left thigh and remove muscle for testing. And I watched her put two normal stitches into the wound and cover it with a see-through plaster. She bound my leg tight with a bandage, and by the time I got home, the bandage had slipped. I go to redress it, and I notice that the wound has begun to bleed, and how it bled got my attention. If I could have the next picture, please, Adrian. So this is how it bled, in a perfect symmetrical shape of butterfly. Blood pulls, blood runs. It doesn't make symmetrical shapes unless God wants to get your attention. And as I sought him out, he told me that I was in the mystery of God. He was taking me through, and he was with me always. So it was no surprise when a few weeks later, when I went back to see the surgeon for the results of those tests, where he said, I'm really sorry, but I don't know where to go with these test results. And I said, well, I really am in the total mystery of God then, aren't I? And he said, yes, you are, because he knows more of what's going on in your body than we do. But I had total peace. So after three days of that original picture, as the wound was drying out, can you see the letter H that has appeared in that butterfly? Only God can change that picture. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to tell me that one day my healing would come. And I was so excited, so I used to declare to anybody who would listen, I know one day that God is going to heal me. And even if it's in death, I get my perfect body. He still kept his promise. Our words are powerful. They speak life or death, curse or blessing. And we have to be so careful how we do speak. How many times when people have hurt you have you said, I will never forgive them? Every time you do that, you are cursing your relationship with that person in a vow that you make. And it doesn't matter how much you want to reconcile in that relationship, those words will stop you from being able to do so. I encourage you to say sorry to God for ever speaking those words out. Have your spirit cleansed in the cleansing blood of Christ and be set free to allow God to do what only he can do in that relationship. But don't bind yourself up by the words that you've vowed. And how many other things have you said that are stopping you from having what is rightfully yours? 
How many times have you said, nobody likes me? I'm not good enough. I will never be able to do that. And no one will ever love me. Or I am the black sheep of the family. These are all familiar everyday comments that we may have said or we hear other people say. They are all negative words that once spoken out have power over our lives. And because this is what we choose to believe, we live in that lie. And they are lies, and they're self-limiting, and they are so cruel. They are contrary to what God says about you. He loves you unconditionally. You are the apple of his eye. You are accepted into his family. You have nothing to prove to make you good enough because Jesus has already died for you to set you free. And as Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. So it's so important that we learn to declare the word of God over our life. His promises. God's word, in God's word there is life and there is freedom. And God cannot lie what he says he will do. He will do it. So my declaration that one day God was going to heal me was my heart coming into alignment with the promise that God had made. And when we are going through difficulties, we have to be careful that we don't keep blaming everybody else, that everything is their fault. If we constantly blame others, if we make excuses for our behavior, if we live in denial of the responsibility. If we blame, B, make excuses, E, and live in denial, D, we live in bed with the devil. And he has a total hold over our life because where we're not prepared to take responsibility, we leave an open door for him to continue to separate and totally destroy us. But if we take ownership of our lives and our choices, if we make ourselves accountable for the actions that we take, if we choose to take responsibility for our lives, the O of ownership, the A of accountability, and the R for responsibility spells all. And if you're in a boat and you take your oars and you use them wisely, you move forward in the right direction. And God is able to take you where he wants to lead you through all things. And Jesus is always in the boat with us. So over the years, as time progressed, I would suffer in chronic pain all over my body. I hurt so much I couldn't bear to be touched, even wearing clothes hurt. I suffered chronic fatigue, would have trouble swallowing. I had poor balance and coordination. I had difficulty walking. And eventually, I would lose the audible sound from my voice when the muscle frailty went to my vocal cords and I could no longer speak. And there were many moments of despair. Medically, I was told there was no way back, 
They had to teach me how to live in pain, how to surrender to live in a wheelchair, and how to communicate without my voice for the rest of my life. But I had a choice. Who would I believe? What the doctors said or what Jesus had already promised? I chose to believe Jesus. So as each negative prognosis was being spoken over me by the doctors, I would sit there praying in tongues in my head. I wasn't in denial of my medical condition. I could understand why they were coming from what they knew that I should be like. But as they spoke those words, I prayed to God, Jesus, my body belongs to you. My life is in your hands. And I believe the promise that you have made. I will not sit under the power of their words that dictate my future. I surrender back to you and the power of the cross. In fact, I told my local GP on one of my visits to him, I'm not in denial of how ill I am, and I really value the help that you give at this minute in time. But one day, I will walk into this office. I will not need this wheelchair. I will not have any pain, so therefore I will not require the medication that you continue to prescribe. I will be healed, totally set free, and I will dance. And most doctors would have looked at me and thought, she's totally lost it. But that man graciously took my hand looked me in the eye, and he said, and on that day, Grace, I will dance with you. So there was agreement in the spirit. But I continued to, de to constantly deteriorate. And I couldn't understand what was happening because God had so miraculously healed my neck. And I began to question, how does all that's going on in my body right now glorify you, Lord? In fact, I had a two-week strop in my own private prayer time. I don't normally argue with God because God is always right. But I just had that moment, Lord, how does this glorify you? And two weeks later, I went to a prayer meeting at church, and a young man approaches me, and he says, Grace, God has told me to tell you he doesn't need you to glorify him. And I thought, have you been a fly on the wall during my prayer time? But you know, that rebuke from the Lord was that reminder. And I had to say, sorry, Lord, for my wrong heart attitude. And I had to surrender back into his promises. And I had to choose to trust him. And as I continued to physically deteriorate, I had to submit to using the wheelchair full time. And I also had to have professional carers come in four times each day to help with physical, physical care and food. So they would help me to shower and, and dress. And I found this incredibly difficult to receive that help because I'm such a private person. But God loved me into position through a caring friend who offered to help me before I came to the decision to employ professional carers. And the first time that I was helped to shower by that friend, there came a moment where she bent down at my knees to take my leg into the towel to be able to dry it. And as she took my foot in that towel, I broke. And I began to sob uncontrollably because all I saw was Jesus 
washing the disciples' feet. And here he was doing exactly the same for me through this super lady. And his intimacy, his love, and his grace just broke me and touched me and transformed my heart always. How many of you struggle to accept help in times of trouble? How many times have people offered to help you in some way and you resist proudly by saying, no, thank you, I'm fine. It's okay, I can manage. Even though your heart is breaking, you are physically exhausted, you are at wit's end corner, and you don't know what to do. And how many things are left undone? When I first contacted the professional carers to come in to help, a team came in to assess what was needed. And each time I had to go to the bathroom, I would stand up from my chair, determined to keep the use of my legs. And I would hold on to the furniture, and then I'd walk across the wall, sliding my legs, holding on desperately. And then they'd reach a point where the pain would build up in my legs and I would just stand and freeze and I would plead with the Lord, please don't let my legs give way. And it took a while before I plucked up the energy to be able to go further. And eventually I would make it to the bathroom. But then I had to do that journey all the way back to my chair. And one lady watched me do this for three days and then she began to speak. When she said, I really admire your determination to want to walk, to keep the use of your legs. And the effort that you make from your chair to that point on the wall. But at that point where you're struggling is the point where you should allow me to help. But you won't. She said, between the chair and that point, it's sheer determination from that point of pain in the struggle, it is sheer stubbornness. And there is a fine line between determination and stubbornness for all of us. God wants to help you. He sends help to you. Do you resist him? Do you so want help to come in some other way? You don't see the obvious of what he's doing. I encourage you to let go and recognize that fine line for yourselves. Are you resisting the very help that God wants to be to you today? Trials do not ruin you. They reveal you. Whatever you're going through, God is not allowing anything in your life because everything is father-filtered. He knows your circumstance. But he's not allowing them to ruin you. What he does do is reveal the truth of your heart. Where is your heart aligned to him? How much will you trust? How much are you still in control? And how much are you prepared to surrender to really let, let go? So what is God showing you in your heart right now? So in 2011, God began to speak to me through John chapter 11, verse 4, when, he did, when it says... 
this sickness will not end in death. The disciples have gone to Jesus and says, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. And Jesus doesn't drop everything and go. He just says, this sickness will not end in death. No, this is for the glory of the Father and for the Son. And I knew from that moment that I would be healed in this lifetime. And again, I used to speak it out to whoever would listen. But I still had to surrender that it was God's will, God's timing, and God's way for his glory. And it was four years later that I began to encounter the suddenly of God. In October 2015, a friend came, and I was having a really, really bad day. I just sobbed in pain. And she came carrying this booklet. It's called Health and Wholeness Through Holy Communion, written by Joseph Prince. And she said to me, can I read this book to you? And I'll be honest with you, I couldn't have cared less. I literally thought, do whatever you want. But you know, as I laid there, and that precious friend determined to push through, she just read that booklet, and as she read, the Holy Spirit began to speak. And when she'd finished, I came from my reclined position to sit up, and I whispered, because I still had no sound to my voice, I just whispered, I know that I know that I know that God is asking me to take Holy Communion three times a day for, for the next 40 days, and he's going to take me off the medication. And my friend looked at me stunned and said, I never read that. But the Holy Spirit was speaking. At that point, I was dependent on six really strong painkillers, taking 20 tablets each day to suppress the pain. And every tablet had a warning, do not stop taking suddenly. Only remove them with medical supervision and they can only be reduced over a very long period of time. But when Jesus is your divine physician, nothing is impossible. However, I am human and I ran ahead of God. Yes, I started taking Holy Communion three times a day, but I stopped taking all my medication at once. And after 36 hours, I just wanted to die. I was in so much pain and struggling. And there came a point where I just had to say, Lord, I am so, so sorry. I've run ahead of you. I wasn't listening. I was so excited because of the promise of healing through the butterfly and the H, and now you're speaking to me. I'm sorry, Lord, show me what to do. And he showed me to go back on taking the tablets. And then four days later, God began to show me his plan. So I go to take my tablets one morning, and he says, you can take all these, but you can't take this one. And over the next few days, he removed that one tablet from my body, and I had no negative effect. And over the next 40 days, that's how Jesus took me off those tablets, one tablet at a time, over a few days at a time, and I had no ill effect. So as I obeyed, Jesus showed me that my body had no ill effect and that he was releasing his healing power over me. So day by day, Jesus was my divine doctor and healer. And these are just a few pointers from that 40-day journey. My healing was progressive. Day seven, I was so alert and feeling suddenly so much stronger in my body. 
day nine, I was able to stand up from that wheelchair, no pain in my legs, and begin to take my first steps. Day 10, I had a busy day, but I had no kickback with pain and fatigue, which would routinely, routinely happen. By day 11, I had so much energy. Suddenly, I was feeling trapped in my home. And I hadn't felt like that throughout all the years of this journey. And then at 11 o'clock at night, I needed to go to the bathroom. And I never normally did that alone. But I was on my own in the home. And then the Holy Spirit said, you can do it. So I did use the wheelchair to be wise. And I maneuvered to the bathroom. But as I stood up from the wheelchair, the Holy Spirit says... Do something you haven't been able to do before. And don't ask me why, but I bent down and touched my toes. And I didn't fall over. And it didn't hurt. And I was so shocked, I bent over to do it again. This was God, in the intimacy of the journey, revealing himself to me more. Day 13 was a Sunday. And the carer knew I'd had a busy day the previous day. So she thought she would be kind and leave me in bed on the early morning call and she would shower me later. But I woke up and I wanted to go to church. So I was really sad, disappointed. And then the Holy Spirit said, you can do it. So that morning, in 45 minutes, I showered and dressed myself and had my breakfast. That would normally be a two-hour routine with my carer. But God was setting me free. Day 14, so we're only talking two weeks into the journey. And I've got such incredible physical freedom. But my energy's coming back, and I start to do things that I hadn't done for a long time. And Bible study group was coming that night, and I decided to dust the wooden floors with a dry mop. But my daughter was visiting with her boyfriend, and they were busy eating something, so I thought, okay, I'll just quickly do the floor. Now, I walked across that floor and mopped the floor just like you would. Something I had not done for many, many years, other than if I wanted to do it, I reversed backwards on the powered wheelchair, pulling the mop behind me. But that day, I walked and did it. And as I approached my daughter and her boyfriend sitting on the couch, they both lifted their legs out straight so I could dust under them. But neither one of them noticed that I was walking. That evening, the Bible study group and some came and something happened the other side of the room. And normally I would say, can you help by? That night, I stood up, walked across the room, sorted the problem myself and went back to sit down. And nobody noticed. And it was at that point when I'm saying, Lord, why? And he said, because I'm keeping you hidden till I've completed what I have begun. And everybody knew not to touch my body because it used to hurt so much. But on day 21, my three-year-old granddaughter throws her arms around my neck from the back and she pushes her body into my back and it didn't hurt. And then she physically climbed onto my shoulders with a leg either side of my neck and it didn't hurt. And she wants me to stand up so she can see herself in the mirror. And I'm thinking, you're pushing your luck, girl. But the Holy Spirit said, why not? And I literally stood up and took a selfie of my three-year-old granddaughter sitting on my shoulders. So by day 29, I was able to kneel in worship, and I sobbed, overwhelmed in Jesus. 
And then I sat on the floor, cross-legged to pray. Day 38 was the first day of absolutely no medication. I woke up, said, good morning, Lord, and my voice came out full strength, and it sounded really loud. So day 40, I could declare, I am pain-free, medication-free, I have no fatigue, I can dance, I can walk, I can kneel, I can sit on the floor, I can touch my toes, I can pick up and carry my grandchildren, I can sing, and I can speak with a full voice. After 12 years of being chronically sick, seven years totally wheelchair dependent, and having no sound to my voice, I declare I am completely healed in the mighty name of Jesus. And two weeks later, I went to see my GP. And as he called my name in the waiting room, I stood up and I walked past him in the doorway as his eyes went wide. And then I spoke in my normal voice, good morning. And as we sat down, he said, what on earth has happened to you since I last saw you? And as I shared for the glory of God, I watched that man go through every emotion. And eventually he sat and wept and he admitted There was no medical reasoning behind my recovery. He knew there was a higher power at work in my body right now, and he couldn't touch it. And just as he had promised, he stood up, and he invited me to be able to dance with him. And for every medical department that I'd been involved with, I had to go and reveal the same to them. And there were many tears, many questions, but such joy. And they'd never witnessed something like this before. So how can this be? How can I be healed just through taking Holy Communion? Because Jesus took me straight to the power of the cross. When Jesus died on that cross, he took all our sickness and disease and he took our sins and he took them to hell where they are defeated in the name of Jesus. And then he rose again, he overcame death. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, his healing grace is still alive today. It says we live in the resurrection power of the cross. We live in total freedom when we choose to follow Jesus. And yes, Jesus healed many people when he was on this earth, but he never did it the same way twice. I saw people walk out of wheelchairs in church prayer. And it's probably right that I should have believed he would do the same for me. But no, God had his own plan. It was my individual journey, and he had a purpose for it. And it's the same for your lives too. So when Jesus walked on this earth, most of his miracles are in the area of healing. It is his nature to heal. And taking Holy Communion for me, communion has always had an intimacy, but when I had to do it three times a day, it wasn't just an obedient formulated ritual. It wasn't just taking the bread to eat it. It wasn't just taking the cup to drink it. As I held that bread in my hand, God began to teach me the true meaning of taking communion with him that we should focus on the cross. And as I focused in him three times a day, I literally saw Jesus and the tenderness of his heart and the beauty of his eyes that just draw you into himself. And I physically watched him take every frailty from my body. 
and release the fullness of his body over mine. Jesus died on that cross to set us free. He has already done it. I'm sure many of you in this room, if you've got circumstances and frailty going on now, you often question, do I have enough faith? Have I got the right type of faith? I just want to encourage you. It's got nothing to do with your faith. It's got nothing to do with how close you feel to God. Jesus has already done it. When you question, have I got enough faith? You're making it all about you. And I encourage you, focus on the power of the cross. Let Jesus take you where he wants to take you. Let him teach you what he wants to teach you. And by faith, believe the promise of the word. Pray the word over you. Believe for what God is saying. Trust him from the time plan and surrender into his will, his way, for his purposes. It is all for the glory of Jesus. And no one can take the glory for my healing except him. Many people say to me, where were you? Who prayed for you? What were they preaching on when you were healed? And when I say none of the above, it was just me and Jesus in my own home. They look at me shocked. But nobody can take the glory away from Jesus for how he's chosen to heal me. But can I also hear a word of caution? It was my unique individual journey at the invitation of the power of the Spirit. And I'm not condoning or recommending for any of you, if you are sick right now and taking medication, please do not stop taking it because of what you've heard this morning. If led by the Spirit, you're in safe hands. Without him, it's very dangerous. So I share for the glory of God that his name's glorified. Let him take you on your own individual journey. Let him set you free in the way that only he can. Let him raise you up through the circumstance. And be encouraged that as you're going through, many people are watching. There's a reason Jesus didn't drop everything and go to raise Lazarus. He waited four days. And by the time he got there, the crowd had gathered. By the time Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, that whole crowd witnessed the miracle resurrection power of, of Christ. By the time I was healed, all my carers and hundreds of people have been through my door. By the time I was healed 12 years later, many people have witnessed for the glory of God. So God is doing something in your circumstance, but it's not all about you. There are people watching. He's teaching people through you. He's raising you up. Everything is purposed. The woman that went into that 12-year journey was a shy, stammering wallflower of a woman who was always terrified of what other people thought. The woman that was healed had been totally transformed by God. All the lies and deception of the enemy had been stripped away through the journey, and I have now been released to roar for the name of Jesus. So I encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because it is all about Jesus. It's all about the resurrection power of the cross. And by the power of the cross, I have been set free. And this last picture that Aaron's about to put up, that picture was taken only seven months after I walked away from that wheelchair. This is me walking in the Lake District on the inclines. That was my victory walk. And yes... God does not need me to glorify him. He has done that by what you see in my body today.
I know many of you may have many questions, and I'm more than happy to speak with any of you. And just make you aware, I'm in the country till December the 17th, so if you want to connect, feel free to do so. But today, I would love to stand with you in the Holy Spirit, healing grace of Jesus. So whatever the circumstance, whatever you're struggling with, please come forward and receive what Jesus wants to do for you today. And if there's anybody in the room who does not yet have relationship with Jesus, please don't leave this room without speaking to the leadership team or myself that you choose to put your hand in the hand of Jesus and give him permission to lead your life. I praise God for his healing grace. I thank you for the privilege to be able to share. And I ask you to stand, please, and just give a rousing roar for the healing grace of Christ. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Grace. You may take your seats. Um, I'm just going to ask if you wouldn't mind closing your eyes just for a two-minute period. Um, I, I just believe that somebody in our meeting today has had an encounter with the love of Jesus. Through what Grace has shared, you have encountered the love of Jesus. And perhaps you want to respond. Perhaps this morning you want to say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to walk the rest of my journey with him. When we don't walk with Jesus, we walk in a life of sin and sickness. And we need Jesus to forgive us and cleanse us and give us his strength and power to walk in righteousness and holiness. If you want to make that decision today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand now and just say, that's me, I want to follow Jesus and walk with him. Is there somebody who wants to do that this morning? Wonderful. God bless you. That's so precious. Thank you. Um, I'm going to ask for um, Tash and Chris, if you wouldn't mind, just taking some time with young lady behind you who's responded to that call this morning okay Lord Jesus I pray for this young lady that today as she's met with you and she's decided that she wants to walk with you that she'd start a journey that would lead her into life eternal I pray you'd forgive her for all of her sin cleanse her and make her brand new today that her step of faith by putting up her hand, by publicly saying, I want to follow Jesus, would open the door to a relationship with you that will never stop. I pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Church, we're going to take up an offering right now for Grace. If you would like to sow into her ministry, we were chatting earlier this week and... Um, 
Grace is going to be moving into a new phase of her journey as she ministers where God leads her and takes her. I think we've had the privilege of seeing and hearing the beginning of a new journey uh, this morning. And um, uh, this is the story that God wants to take to people all over the earth, I believe. Um, It's a little different, isn't it? Because we've grown up in an instant generation and um, God isn't a part of our generation in that way. He's not working in instant fixes all the time. Uh, He works in processes. So uh, we're going to see and hear a testimony of how God's going to use grace in the years ahead. Can we take up a love offering this morning, please, and just sow into that? Thanks, Phil. Chris, are you helping out? Oh, no, we've got Reese. Okay. Thanks, Daniel, if you could play that. Um, Grace has offered to pray for any children who are sick. And uh, so if, if you have children in the kids' ministry that you want uh, prayer for them, please go and get them now. Um, if you want prayer, please come forward now, and we will pray for you. Uh, Nathan, where are you? Okay, do you want to announce the word of knowledge you got, please? Okay, uh, we want to pray for anybody with chronic, chronic sickness, as in it can't be cured, it's just been treated. If you have a chronic condition, please come forward, we want to pray for you. Um, anybody who is just sick today, we want to pray for you. Um, and Nathan? Uh, anyone who has cancer please come forward okay maybe you've just had a recent diagnosis um, come forward please we want to pray for you 